Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. My name is Matthew Ederer, and I'm flying solo today on this episode of BAM. Sans my co-host, Boris Aguilar, currently uh, dealing with some personal issues, but big homie, we're thinking of you, and we will see you back here next week. Uh, anyway... We have a very special episode of the BAM program here. We like to throw some lists at you from time to time. And, well, it is the anniversary of WWE Raw. 30 years of the flagship, the mothership program of WWE uh, on TNT. And, of course, Spike TV, TSN, and Roger Sportsnet all over the map here in Canada and the United States. It's been quite a run, quite a 30 years, and we're going to talk about the top 30 matches in WWE Raw history here today on the show. Don't forget to check out Tuesday Morning Cooked, if you haven't already, here on the Sunday night's main event radio network. Mike McGuire and Joe Aguinaldo breaking down WWE Raw Triple X. Uh, from the USA Network and, of course, Roger Sportsnet in Canada. An exciting show. Lots for Joe and Mike to look forward to in the months and years to come, I am sure. But let us look backwards, friends. Let's go back through the 30 years and talk about the 30 best matches, according to my OCD ass anyway. So uh, if this is your first time listening to BAM, we tend to rate wrestling matches a little different than most places. Uh, so I feel like most people, when they rate wrestling matches, they tend to look at the in-ring action, bell to bell, as though it's perhaps like a figure skating event or like a, you know, Olympic gymnastics, maybe. They look at the athletic feats that were performed in front of them and they judge the match as such, which is fine. But that's not necessarily the way we do it here at BAM. We tend to think of the whole spectacle as part of the match. The commentary matters, promos before, after, and sometimes during the match obviously matter. The buildup matters. All of that, to me... And uh, to my compadre Boris, I feel like largely as well, it's all the same as a headlock. Maybe that's a silly way to look at wrestling, but ultimately this is all theater. That's the way we look at it. And this is all meant to celebrate, not judge wrestling, even though indeed I'm literally judging wrestling. We use the five star scale, but we don't ever use stars. We like to have fun, change up the rating method. So this week we're going to use the only thing that is appropriate in this celebration of the lore of Monday Night Raw, that's right, Adam Lee's out of five. Shout out the great Mike Adam Lee. So our unit of measurement is Adam Lee's out of five, and let's get going. The top 30 matches in the history of WWE slash WWF Raw. Number 30, it is a no disqualification match for the WWF World Heavyweight title. It is The Rock versus Mankind. This match was taped on December 29th, 1998 and aired on January 4th, 1999. Uh, a match that needs no introduction. But if you're new to the professional wrestling or you're just, you know, not familiar with this one off the top of your head, this is where Mankind wins the WWF title for the first time over The Rock, vanquishing the corporation. Also of note, this is when the Monday Night Wars were going on. WWF was running head-to-head -head against WCW Nitro. And on the Nitro program, current AEW announcer Tony Schiavone 
Tony, was instructed to spoil the results of this match and insult mankind in the process, saying sarcastically, that will put a lot of butts in some seats or something to that effect. I don't know. I refuse to look it up. Not a good moment for Tony Schiavone. He has apologized to Mick Foley about that moment. And yeah, numerous hundreds of thousands of people, I believe 600,000 people immediately changed the channel to watch Mankind win the world title with the help of one Stone Cold Steve Austin who came out to a deafening earth-shattering pop as they say crowd reaction good heavens almighty worcester massachusetts is it's still shaking massachusetts that's it nailed it again match number 30 the rock versus mankind wwf raw january 4th 1999 and no disqualification match for the wwf title four and a quarter adam lee's out of five for this one and you'll notice that the next few matches it's a tier of four and a quarter adam lee matches here coming up next up match number 29 another one that is perhaps better for the moment than the match itself but here at bam we don't really differentiate between the two it's all the same it's all theater number 29 sean michaels versus owen hart from november 20th 1995 the infamous concussion angle where Shawn michaels gets knocked out by an owen hart insigiri and is put on the shelf for quite a bit they sell this like it's a legitimate terrible injury a little bit of broken kayfabe here in 1995 wwf as they inch closer to the attitude era this terrified me as a young child as an eight-year-old boy i was scared for Shawn michaels's life of course i uh i don't think i actually wrote him a letter but i was definitely thinking about it perhaps i wrote one and did not send it and it is worth noting that before they get to the all-time memorable all-time classic concussion angle there is a really great match wrapped around it, right? So I wouldn't have just thrown this out there if they were just farting around on the way to the all-time moment in wrestling history, I would say, at least in WWF history. But this was one that felt like they were catapulting WWF into the modern era in a way that they they really hadn't, very often anyway. This was different than your 1980s stereotypical wrestling injury angle in a lot of ways. That was match number 29, Shawn Michaels versus Owen Hart from the November 20th, 1995 episode of WWF Raw. Four and a quarter, Adam Lee's out of five. Match number 28, Ric Flair versus Mr. Perfect Loser leaves the World Wrestling Federation. This is from January 18th. 1993 commentary bobby heenan vince mcmahon and rob bartlett a comedian in the loosest sense of the word anyway an excellent wrestling match made much better by bobby heenan losing his goddamn mind on the call apoplectic when rick flair spoiler alert leaves the wwe uh from 1993 to about oh november 2001 spectacular match i'm sure that somewhere in them rick flair and mr perfect have a better match like in their bodies but i don't know if they ever did physically 
have a better match than this one. I would have loved to have seen a longer Flair versus Perfect feud with them in their primes. You know, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, actually a really good babyface. We forget that because he only had a second, like a brief cup of coffee as a babyface in the WWF, but he was an excellent babyface in AWA, and uh, it would have been great to see Flair versus Perfect more than we did. I know they wrestled in WCW, but that doesn't count. Perfect was way over the hill at that point. Another match made more memorable, made better by the huge moment. The first must-see TV moment of WWE Raw, perhaps, was this loser leaves the WWF match, Flair versus Perfect, January 18, 1993. That was number 28 on our list. Number 27, we're going to the Reunion Arena in Dallas, Texas, February 7th of the year 2000. It is a 10-man tag team match cactus jack the rock rikishi and too cool of grandmaster sex a and scotty too hottie versus the radicals chris benoit dean malenko perry saturn and triple h and x-pac eddie guerrero out with injury in this match uh x-pac substituting for eddie guerrero so your 10 men cactus jack rikishi too cool and the rock versus benoit malenko perry saturn x-pac and triple h a party match similar to many aew uh six eight or ten man tags even rarely uh you, you see a lot of spots a lot of fun everyone getting their time to shine kind of a screwed up ending i feel like the reason they don't talk about this match that much a chris benoit's in it but b they kind of botched the ending benoit hits grandmaster sex a with a flying headbutt and then cactus jack breaks up the pin but it doesn't actually break up the pin uh benoit no sells the breakup and triple h immediately throws cactus out of the ring i feel like cactus wasn't supposed to break up that pin kind of uh mixed signals anyway that small uh mistake at the ending notwithstanding this was an excellent wrestling match tons of fun listen to those names in this list my god cactus jack the rock chris benoit dean malenko triple h and x-pac x-pac highly underrated sean waltman great great wrestler who will appear on this list again but yeah if you haven't seen this one in a while it is a party a ton of fun triple h and the radicals featuring x-pac versus rikishi too cool and the rock and sock connection the rock and cactus jack that is 27 on our list Match number 26, we're going all the way to 2014, March 3rd for this match. It's the Shield versus the Wyatt Family 2, the second Shield v. Wyatt match. Their first one was an all-time classic. This was a shade below, good enough for the 26th best match in Raw history, though. Still excellent, but we'd already seen it and we saw it a little better. They were advancing the story that the Shield... You know, there was some dissension in the ranks there, and they would eventually break up in the summer. But yeah, this was the start of that whole deal, and they, they did it well. The Wyatts getting a second consecutive win over the Shield here on Monday Night Raw. Excellent trios match, obviously. That is the Shield of Dean Ambrose, currently John Moxley, Seth Rollins, and Roman Reigns versus the Wyatts of Eric Rowan, Bray Wyatt, and Luke Harper, a.k.a. Brody Lee, God rest his soul. Match number 26, that was. Coming up, match number 25. This is Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose. Falls count anywhere from the August 18, 2014 Raw. Post-Shield breakup, 
This was the match where Seth Rollins stomped Dean Ambrose's head through a cinder block, which is very silly. Don't get me wrong. And I think it's led to a lot of people sleeping on this excellent wrestling match. But before the shenanigans of the finish, this was truly a great, great wrestling match. Something special. Four and a quarter Adam Lees for this one. Rollins versus Ambrose. Falls count anywhere. You could argue it's their best match together. Although I do think ultimately their best match together probably happened in FCW. Maybe uh, maybe it's somewhere in this feud. Maybe it's this one here on Monday Night Raw. August 18th. 2014 Rollins versus Ambrose falls count anywhere match number 24 Shawn Michaels versus Edge a street fight from January 22nd 2007 they also had an awesome match at the Royal Rumble probably in the same year around this time anyway but yeah this was I think the best Shawn Michaels versus Edge match a street fight on Monday Night Raw tons of Tons of great violent spots. Shawn Michaels was really trying to cement his case for the Hall of Fame in this era. And matches like this, you know, not that it was really ever in doubt, but for some it was, and matches like this helped to put that nail in the coffin. Shawn Michaels versus Edge, street fight. This was January 2nd, 2007. I remember one spot off the top of my head, I'll always remember Edge hitting the Edge-O-Matic on Shawn Michaels. I believe that was uh, in both this match and the Royal Rumble match. The Edgematic on the floor, on the outside, on the uh, the cold hard concrete, as it were. So match number twenty four: Edge versus Shawn Michaels. By God, King by God. Match number twenty three: Chris Benoit, Edge, and Chris Jericho versus Evolution of Ric Flair, Batista, and Randy Orton. This match was August 2nd, 2004. In the days when Monday Night Raw would overrun 5-10 minutes, I believe this match was like the record. This match went like 20-25 minutes past the hour. When it started, I remember thinking, are they going to do an angle here? But no, they gave us a long-ass trios match that flew past the 10 o'clock mark back when Monday Night Raw was a digestible and sometimes downright enjoyable two hours of wrestling show anyway benoit edge and jericho versus evolution evolution if you're a stickler on uh in, in the summer of 2004 a trios match for the ages that was made even more exciting because again it blew past the 10 o'clock hour and it, it kind of had that overtime that sudden death feel every movement could have been the last you know what i mean like every headbutt that chris benoit threw uh, of which there were several Oh boy, that was, that's sad. That's very sad. Now I'm sad. I should probably cut this. Moving on to number 22. Let's get happy again and tell the story of Marty Jannetty. It worked out well for him, right? No? Oh shit. So number 22, Shawn Michaels versus Marty Jannetty, May 17th, 1993. And number 21, Shawn Michaels versus Marty Jannetty, July 19th, 1993. The July match is better than the May match. The May match is where Jannetty wins the Intercontinental title, holds it for a cup of coffee, loses it to Shawn Michaels in a match that has never ever surfaced we have never seen tape of it you've never seen tape of it i promise it's not out there go look for it right now if you doubt me pause this podcast go try to find Shawn michaels defeating marty Jannetty for the intercontinental championship in this summer of 1993 you won't be able to find it Shawn michaels is the champion coming into the match 
in July where he defends against Janetti, and it's even better than the one that Janetti wins the title in in May 17th. But I've always found it to be puzzling that the title uh, change has never surfaced. I also believe uh, that was the first appearance of Diesel, Kevin Nash, in the WWF. I want to say it was Albany, New York. That's off the top of my head, though. That might be wrong. Anyway, match number 22 from May 17th, 1993, Shawn Michaels versus Marty Jannetty for the Intercontinental title. Match number 21 from July 19th, 1993, Shawn Michaels versus Marty Jannetty for the Intercontinental title. And that is that is the uh, that is the story of Marty Jannetty, close but no cigar, you know, possibly all his fault. Definitely all his fault, come to think of it. But don't don't sleep on Marty Jannetty. He was actually excellent in the ring. He's got some bangers under his belt. Probably could have worded that better. That, well, that's enough Marty Jannetty humor for, for one lifetime. To the top 20 we go. We're still in the four and a quarter star, four and a quarter atomly out of five territory. So number 20, it is Daniel Bryan versus Cesaro. This is from July 22nd, 2013. God, these guys are great arguably their best match together they've had several bangers and this is probably their best arguably their best if not daniel bryan versus cesaro how could you go wrong july 22nd 2013 that is match number 20 on our list that was also four and a quarter adam lees out of five match number 19 the shield versus the Rhodes brothers this is roman reigns and seth rollins versus cody rhodes and gold dust, Dustin Rhodes. Imagine this match today, eh? Boy, howdy, how times change. But yeah, 10 years ago, this was an excellent tag team match on Raw. A no disqualification match. The Rhodes brothers had just won their job back. And a, a fun big show smash ending here. Gold dust and Cody Rhodes versus The Shield. Forgotten gem from the October 14, 2013 episode of WWE Monday Night Raw. Good enough for 19 on our list. Match number 18. This is, it's crazy because this is 2006. And we used to joke back in 2006 that Ric Flair was trying to die in the ring because of matches such as this. Ric Flair versus Edge in a TLC match from January 16th, 2006. This is Edge's first defense of the world title ever after having cashed in money in the bank for the first time ever on John Cena in the Elimination Chamber. Lots of pressure on both men here. Ric Flair always putting pressure on himself to deliver to show that he's still the man, still capable of providing a main event performance and edge very very much in his first main event push in a legitimate literal main event spot important show important match and they both killed each other and themselves to deliver and this was great absolutely great rick flair versus edge violent bloody spectacle of a wrestling match something you must see if you are a wrestling fan and you haven't seen it yet so this was the january 16 2006 episode of monday night raw the main event rick flair versus edge for the world heavyweight title tables ladders and or chairs match that was match number 18 match number 17 Rob Van Dam versus Eddie Guerrero, a ladder match from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, May 27, 2002. 
awesome match. The most memorable thing, sadly, is that some drunken asshole in an Oilers jersey ran in and tried to fucking dump Eddie Guerrero on his head off the ladder, and then Guerrero immediately tried to fight him. If you saw it live, super memorable. They've scrubbed that from the WWE Network, clearly. But yeah, that's something you'll never forget if you saw it live. The drunken asshole making it into the ring and tipping over the ladder in a ladder match, and then Guerrero wanting to kill him. Anyway, go Oilers. This match was still great. Uh, Rob Van Dam versus Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero hits probably the crispest, most devastating and beautiful sunset flip powerbomb off of a ladder. Like of all time, ever, ever, ever. It's it's weird that that's a category of thing. We've seen it so often in wrestling now. But this is the GOAT sunset flip ladder bomb. And it's good enough for number 17 on our list. Still four and a quarter Adam Lee's. Out of five, it is Rob Van Dam versus Eddie Guerrero for the Intercontinental title in a ladder match in Edmonton, and that is May 27th, 2002. While we are on the subject of ladder matches, Jeff Hardy versus The Undertaker will be number 16 on our list. It is a ladder match for the undisputed WWE title. It is July 1st, 2002 amazing jim ross performance in this match jeff hardy undertaker obviously working hard i think jeff jim ross worked just as hard he's probably sweating more busted open who knows but yeah this was an incredible match made much better by the the goat job on commentary by jim ross here one of his best performances definitely his best non-stone cold non-triple h performance he loved jeff hardy he would sell his ass off for jeff hardy i'm still speaking of jim ross now but the undertaker sold for jeff hardy in this match too and this was the first time that you were like huh could Jeff Hardy actually win the world title one day? Are they going to give him the WWF title? And they did. Three years too late, if not seven years too late. But they did give him the world title. And it, it was because of matches like this. Number 16 on our list. Undertaker versus Jeff Hardy. Ladder match. Go, kid! Make yourself famous! All right. Number 15 now. We are at... An Iron Man match. It is October 3rd, 2005. It is Shawn Michaels yet again on this list versus Kurt Angle on WWE Raw Homecoming where they left the cold, hard grip of TNT slash Spike TV and returned to the warm, welcoming bosom of the NBC family and the USA Network. And in the process, this was arguably the best episode of Raw ever. It had a lot going for it. An awesome Loser Leaves Monday Night Raw ladder match with Edge and Matt Hardy that if it were a shade longer, might have made this list. They were really shitting on Matt Hardy in this time period here in 2005 a lot. But yeah, this match was incredible. Number 15 on our list, an Iron Man match. Angle versus HBK. They had already split the series one and one at WrestleMania and at Vengeance in the summer. And here in October, in the fall, they had an Iron Man match that went to a 30 minute draw. But boy, it was great and it left you wanting more. That's what wrestling's all about. Number 15 on our list. Check it out if you haven't seen it in a while. It is Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle, the Iron Man match, October 3rd, 2005. Next up, number 14, it is the kick, the super kick heard around the world. 
the greatest sweet chin music of all time. You already know what I'm talking about. Shawn Michaels versus Shelton Benjamin, round one of the Gold Rush Tournament. This is from May 2nd, 2005. If you haven't seen this match, you've probably seen this spot just in highlights, just on Twitter, just in general. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, you've probably just seen this super kick around the internet. But the match leading up to it is so brilliant because Shawn Michaels is being out-wrestled by this NCAA champion wrestler. So he starts getting in a striking contest and Shelton Benjamin is tough as fuck. So he's beating him up. So he starts to try to use his athleticism and Shelton Benjamin is a better athlete than Shawn Michaels too. So Shawn Michaels has met his match here. He is falling deeper and deeper into the well and he only has one recourse, one option, the Hail Mary last chance. And he pulls out Sweet Chin Music in the best spot of 2005 one of the most memorable moments in monday night raw history and jim mother fucking ross if you'll excuse my profanity was on the call doing his thing ladies and gentlemen so yes Shawn michaels versus shelton benjamin good enough for number 14 on this list and they didn't need 30 minutes and five falls to do it they needed one super kick to tell this story, my friends. I might have underrated this. This might be an all-time classic. We might need to revisit this list in a second. Your feedback is welcome. Sticking with our Shawn Michaels pack here, our Shawn Michaels love fest, we're going to match number 13. It is for the World Heavyweight Championship. Champion Triple H versus challenger Shawn Michaels from San Antonio, Texas, home of the Heartbreak Kid. This is from December 29th, 2003. This is the famous match that ends in a double pin. Shawn Michaels super kicks Triple H, falls on top of him, but his own shoulders are on the mat. Thus, I guess he somehow pins himself. Yeah, you know, wonky ending aside, this was a fabulous exhibition of professional wrestling between two men who have done it for so long. Great friends outside of the ring. And often they say that friends outside of the ring have the best matches inside the ring because they trust each other enough to beat the shit out of each other. 29 minutes and 22 seconds, the main event of Raw, and a classic Raw swerve. Eric Bischoff taking the title away from Shawn Michaels, revealing that he had, in fact, pinned himself, and thus this was a draw due to the rare double pin. That was match number 13 on our list again. Shawn Michaels versus Triple H for the world title, 2003, December 29th. We have more Shawn Michaels here. This is his comeback from losing his smile. Aw, poor Shawn. This is his return from being all sad like Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold Steve Austin versus the British Bulldog and Owen Hart for the WWF Tag Team titles. This is May 26, 1997. Now, we make fun of Shawn Michaels. I know I just did, but boy, he came with his dancing shoes on. It was so nice to see Shawn Michaels back this match as a 10 year old unabashed Shawn Michaels mark a sexy boy myself in my adulthood you gotta respect the hustle of one Shawn Michaels you know what I mean how could you hate on a guy who was a true menace backstage actually he's probably pretty easy to hate uh anyway Shawn Michaels showed up to work on this day and he proved why he was the best worker or professional wrestler 
alive, arguably, certainly in the United States at that time. And yes, Shawn Michaels just proved it, just went out there and proved it. Also, Steve Austin, the British Bulldog, and Owen Hart, three Hall of Fame talents in their own right, having an excellent tag team match here, main event of this particular episode of Monday Night Raw. Kind of a theme, although our next match is not. So that was number 12, Shawn Michaels versus Steve Austin. Sorry, Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin versus Bulldog, the British Bulldog, and Owen Hart. That was May of 1999. Match number 11, not the main event of this particular episode of Monday Night Raw, but a banger nonetheless. It is Cactus Jack, his first appearance in the WWE versus Triple H, Falls Count Anywhere from September 22nd, 1997, Madison Square Garden. You want to talk about all-time greatest episodes in Raw history. I think this is the episode. This is the first Stone Cold Stunner that Vince McMahon ever eats setting off the rivalry that you know changed wrestling forever definitely catapulted wwf into the stratosphere uh also has this match here cactus jack versus triple h falls count anywhere mrs foley's baby boy he done did it he made it to the garden cactus jack defeats triple h via pile driver through a table on the stage in what is just 1997 WWF in a nutshell, especially with the video package before the match setting up the dramatic reveal of Cactus Jack. This is all-time stuff right here. So it is four and a quarter Adam Lees, and it is good enough for number 11 on our list today. All right, so thank you all very much for sticking with me this far. It's been a bit of fun. We're about to hit the half-hour mark here on this podcast Uh, at least of raw audio. I don't know if Boris is going to edit in a couple songs once I send him this thing. Anyway, we're about to enter the top 10. This next match is our final four and a quarter star, four and a quarter Adam Lee out of five. So this is 85%, you know, according to math. The next tier is going to be four and a half stars, 90%, and that is... A plus in Canada, not just an A, and that is an all-time classic. So the difference between four and a quarter and four and a half to me is something special versus all-time classic. Like all of the matches we've already discussed, I think truly are something special, something we'll remember for years in the wrestling business. But could you call them an all-time classic of the genre? Maybe. You know, I bumped up against my own review here in Shawn Michaels versus Shelton Benjamin. Maybe that should be five or six spots higher. But I felt that this next match, number 10 on our list, is the cutoff of what should be a classic match versus merely, quote-unquote, something special. You know what I mean? So this here, number 10. From Las Vegas, Nevada, it is TLC4, the fourth tables, ladders, and chairs match in WWE history from October 7th, 2002, Raw Roulette from Las Vegas, Nevada. It is the Dudley boys of Bubba Ray Dudley and Spike Dudley versus the tag team of Rob Van Dam and Jeff Hardy versus the tag team of Christian and Chris Jericho versus Kane and the Hurricane Unfortunately, the hurricane was taken out of the match before, uh, you know, the proceedings happened, which was actually kind of devastating. I wonder if he was injured in real life because it would have been awesome to see the hurricane in this match. I digress. A relic of a different time, if ever there was one. You thought the last match was violent. Oh, my God. Bubba Ray Dudley suffered a severe 
concussion in this match from Jericho giving him a, a bulldog off the ladder. Tons of just insane spots. It was actually incredible. Chris Jericho has a really good breakdown of this match, and it's truly incredible to see the work that goes into a ladder match. And when you're the leader, the quarterback, as it were, the man kind of calling the shots in there, as Jericho was on this night to some extent, it, it's it's a lot of responsibility, man. You actually have people's lives in your hands, you know? So this is, this is professional wrestling as... High level stunt show, dangerous, where much can go wrong, and a lot did go wrong. A lot did go wrong in this match. You're not supposed to leave a wrestling match with a severe concussion. That's bad. But boy, howdy, this was an, an exemplary professional wrestling match. Just crazy, crazy stuff. Also, of note, at the end of this match, Triple H came out and told Kane that he knew about katie vick katie vick was how this match ended so that alone you disqualifies it from all-time classic status we are this is a four and a half star match and we are taking away a quarter star due to katie vick adjacentness i don't know i have no idea Katie Vick has broken my brain anew. We are subtracting a quarter star from this match because of necrophilia. Again, if you don't know what I mean, don't Google WWE Katie Vick. Don't. You owe it to yourself not to. If you missed that slice of wrestling history, please keep it that way. So that was match number 10. It was TLC4 from Raw Roulette from October 7th. 2002 and that is the end of the four and a quarter star tier so every match from now on is four and a half mike adamley's out of five it is 90 percent. it is an all-time classic one of the best matches in wwe raw history and honestly if you want to tell me any one of these matches should be number one on this list i tell you boy i wouldn't argue too hard anyway Match number nine, a ladder match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. It is Rob Van Dam versus Christian. This is September 29th, 2003. Now, every time I go back and watch this match, I'm like, hmm, did I overrate this? Am I sure it's this good? And every time I watch it, I've watched it like four or five times in my life now, honestly. I'm like, wow, man, it's even better than I thought. The execution and the pacing... Rob Van Dam is basically like that Futurama joke. He's Gumby mixed with Hercules. Gumbercules? I love that guy. That's Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam is Gumbercules, and he's going to be flipping and gorilla-pressing people. He was kind of Apollo Crews and Braun Breaker before there were an Apollo Crews or Braun Breaker in a lot of ways. Anyway, so it's awesome to have him in there with... The classic good hand, and I swear to God I mean that as a compliment, in Christian Cage. Christian is the base for Rob Van Dam to orbit around, essentially. And they came together with this ladder and had an all-timer, brilliant professional wrestling match. Christian is great. He is great at laying out matches and then going out and performing them. And he's got a number of underrated gems. This is high on the list. Match number nine in WWE Raw history, an all-time classic. Van Dam versus Christian, ladder match, September 29, 2003. Next up, match number eight. 
Chris Benoit defending the world heavyweight title versus Shawn Michaels from Phoenix, Arizona, May 3rd, 2004. We're going to do the Chris Benoit conversation now. Uh, There's no easy way to watch a Chris Benoit match or even talk about Chris Benoit, but... You know, as as absolutely transcendent and as brilliant as his work in the ring was, and you know that if you watched at the time, Chris Benoit, Nancy Benoit, and Daniel Benoit left this earth due to a double murder-suicide at Chris Benoit's hands. So, it's hard to celebrate the man. I am trying to be historically accurate with this list. It's similar to doing a best comedians of all time. You'd have to rank Bill Cosby on the list, right? But that's not to celebrate the man. If you have the stomach for Chris Benoit matches, if you're the type who can separate the art from the artist, as it were, you know, this match this match was great. An all-time classic in the professional wrestling business. Definitely, if you're a wrestler, I would say you you could learn a lot from watching his work, and you can learn a lot from the stories of him inside and outside the ring and doing the exact opposite all the time forever. I feel like something we don't talk about as a Canadian wrestling fan, and you know, it's low on the list of uh, minor tangential downsides from the very real-life Benoit tragedy, but Benoit was our... Answer to Bret Hart. Benoit was avenging the ghost of Bret Hart in WWE by beating the shit out of Shawn Michaels and Triple H. The Backlash 2004 match from Edmonton, where he defeats Shawn Michaels and Triple H in a rematch of the Triple Threat. Again, an all-time classic match. And that was very much booked around Chris Benoit avenging the death of Bret the Hitman Hart in storyline in WWE. Uh, it's impossible to watch that match back now because in the opening you know, portion of the match, they show Daniel and Nancy in the front row, and it's just like, oh my God, this story ends so poorly. And that's why it's tough about Chris Benoit. You know, you kind of got to bring these things up when you mention him. And that's what he did to his legacy, and that's what... No, it doesn't matter about his legacy. That's what he did to his family, man. That's so crazy. Oh, my God, Chris Benoit. So, number eight was a Chris Benoit match. Number seven is also a Chris Benoit match. It's Chris Benoit versus Kurt Angle, the steel cage match. Jim Ross and Paul Heyman on the call, and Stone Cold Steve Austin also on the call. This is Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit in a friggin' steel cage on Monday Night Raw in their primes. I mean... Uh, knowing what we know now, it's tough, but I'll tell you how I felt on June 11th, 2001. I felt like that might have been the best wrestling match I'd ever seen in my life. We said our piece about Chris Benoit. It was clumsy, but it's going to be clumsy and awkward when you talk about Chris Benoit. That's the way it is. Let's praise Kurt Angle, his brilliant work in this match. Oh, the moonsault off of the cage. It's really crazy that that has become a cliche. It's just a thing that we expect in cage matches now. But Cody Rhodes has done it. Kurt Angle has done it in TNA and in WWE at other times. This was the one where it was like, oh my God, this guy is crazy. This is an Olympic gold medalist and he's doing a moonsault off the top of this steel cage. What am I watching with my eyes? 
a steel cage match on WWE Raw that was really more like a hybrid of the craziest lucha match you've ever seen in your life with some all Japan suplexes in there, just guys also dropping each other on their heads while diving off of this cage. I don't know, this match was 20 years ahead of its time. This could show up on Dynamite tomorrow and be an all-time classic. We're going to get all the Chris Benoit praise out of the way in one pack here. So match number eight, Benoit versus Shawn Michaels, May 3rd, 2004. Match number seven, Benoit versus Angle, Steel Cage, June 11, 2001. Both of those all-time classic. Four and a half stars, four and a half Adam Lees out of five. Jeff Harvey. Uh, match number six, Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho versus Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H. This is from May 21st, 2001. This is the famous, infamous torn quad match. Triple H blows his quad and then takes a Walls of Jericho with a torn quad, which is the craziest goddamn thing. Oh my God, Hunter. But Triple H, you know, he's a warrior. He came back as a as a triumphant baby face after this thing because the the crowd really respected what he did in this match what he did for these men chris benoit and chris jericho who would later go on to get squashed and beaten by stone cold steve austin in the king of the ring squashed is strong beaten is accurate they got beaten anyway a match that is famous for one moment, but if you go back and watch it, it is truly one of the greats in WWE history, let alone WWE Raw history. One of the best tag team matches WWE has ever done, and the sixth greatest match in WWE Raw history. That is Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho versus Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H, May 21st, 2001. Four and a half stars, four and a half Adam Lees, and it's sixth on our list. All right, thanks again for sticking it out. Grab a beverage. We're hitting the top five, ladies and gentlemen, with number five, the finals of the European Championship Tournament, the inaugural European title tournament final. It is the British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith versus Owen Hart, two-time Slammy Award winner. The greatest compliment I could give this match is that it would fit in in any era. It felt like almost, I don't know, a, a 70s or 80s British match, a European match in a way. But it also felt, this is another match that could have happened on Dynamite or could happen on Monday Night Raw. If this happened on Raw tomorrow, it would blow the socks off of people. It would, it would shut down the internet, as they say. This match was timeless it was both ahead of its time and familiar and classic the british bulldog versus owen hart in front of a european crowd for the european title working this professional wrestling classic uh, i don't think we saw a technical match like this on monday night raw before it i certainly don't think we've seen many after it maybe some of the daniel bryan stuff maybe but in terms of pure technique pure technical wrestling not to mention the selling and the fundamentals and just the pure healing of owen hart the dickheadery the assholitude of owen hart just being a classic bad guy just awesome professional wrestling textbook stuff if you're running a wrestling school teach this match if you're a wrestler aspiring to be great at this watch this match because this is a friggin blueprint this is great stuff this was the finals of the european title tournament the british bulldog versus owen hart
Owen tries to out-wrestle this big Goliath, this behemoth, and he can't because the bulldog is well-versed in his technique. He's no dummy inside that ring anyway. He is bizarre, however. So Owen Hart can piss him off and can get under his skin, and Owen's got to do what he does best. Be a little prick. God, this match is great. This is a fabulous professional wrestling match. If you haven't seen it or you haven't seen it in a while, go check it out. You owe it to yourself. Match number four now. This is a big-time hidden gem. Forgotten, slept-on match. One of the greatest of Randy Orton's career versus Daniel Bryan from the June 24th, 2013 episode of Monday Night Raw. So the week prior to this Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton were having a good match, like three minutes into a really solid little wrestling match was starting to break out there. And then Daniel Bryan got a stinger, reportedly, a a bad, painful neck injury, but something that is ultimately... Uh, temporary something that you can you know work on hopefully as soon as it kind of just goes away anyway the match was stopped daniel bryan was livid both in character and out apparently backstage this is this was reported at the time and i think it's been corroborated by bryan's own words he was livid backstage when they stopped this match he was very adamant that he could have gone on and they ran it back the week after no disqualification randy orton versus daniel bryan and again you want to talk about hidden gems in the history of wwe this orton versus bryan match it just all came together the crowd wanted daniel bryan so bad he was so full of desire the piss and vinegar in daniel bryan on this night this man was shot out of a cannon and randy orton much like i was talking about christian He's just a great base. You say what you will about Randy Orton, and I'm on the record. I have loved Randy Orton since day one. I always thought he was great. I've died on that hill a number of times, and as his career sadly comes to a close here over the next couple years, I will be vindicated in my constant Randy Orton love because y'all are going to jump on that bandwagon too, and I've been waiting. Anyway, Randy Orton versus Daniel Bryan, number four, on our list no disqualification june 24th 2013 i'm telling you guys it's this good it's at least this good it might be higher this is all-time stuff worthy of number four on our list daniel bryan shot out of a cannon 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 so that was number four. Next up, number three, the one, two, three kid versus Bret Hart for the WWF Championship, July 11th, 1994. In terms of influence, this is high up there. One of the most influential matches ever. I'm serious. CM Punk and Darby Allen ran this match back, basically, in CM Punk's first ever match in AEW. Uh, this is a tried and tested formula that Bret and the kid all but perfected here in this match an example of a babyface world champion giving a young up-and-comer just enough so you'd think he actually has a chance to win this world title my god is the one two three kid gonna do it he's already upset razor ramon he's already upset ted dibiase he's upset quebecers he's won titles in this company already a former tag team champion two-time i believe at this point the one two three kid So he's done it, and Bret Hart brought the crowd all the way there. You thought he could do it again. So 
a brilliant, brilliant match. One of Brett's best, definitely, I think, Sean Waltman's best match. He'd probably tell you that, too. And what more can be said about this match that hasn't already been said by CM Punk and or Darby Allin? So again, four and a half stars, four and a half Mike Adamleys, four and a half Jeff Harveys out of five for this one. It's an A-plus in Canada, all-time classic, and the third best in Raw history. Match number two from London, England. It is a WrestleMania rematch. John Cena versus Shawn Michaels. 45-minute match. Much like that Evolution Trios tag that we talked about. This is one where it's just like, they're still going? Are they still going? They're still going. Now, this was taped in London. So the word had trickled out that, oh my God, Cena and Michaels went to uh, 45-minute apparently all-time classic where Shawn Michaels won. So if you were the spoiler reading type, and indeed I was, you knew coming in that this was going to happen. However, if you didn't and you were just flipping on Raw like you normally would, this would have blown your mind. And this was uh, the second best thing in terms of in-ring wrestling that WWE Raw has ever done. Only once have they ever been better. And to this point, it was the best Raw match of all time. In 2007, when this match happened, it surpassed Bret Hart versus 123Kid as the greatest match in WWE Raw history. A title it held until February 25th, 2013, when John Cena, the man who cannot be seen, somehow spotted himself in the rear view mirror as John Cena and CM Punk on February 25th, 2013, had the greatest wrestling match in the history of WWE Raw. That is CM Punk versus John Cena for the number one contendership to the WWE World Heavyweight title. The real main event of WrestleMania 29, where John Cena went on to defeat the world champion Dwayne The Rock Johnson to regain the WWE title. CM Punk went and wrestled The Undertaker, which is also an absolutely tremendous match. CM Punk was highly motivated and quite pissed off at this point. Stop me if you've heard that one before. No, I, I love CM Punk. I hope he comes back. I am I, Not that I'm picking sides in the Punk versus Elite thing, but if you've listened to one word of me speaking about Punk and or the Elite, you probably know that I'm more of a CM Punk fan than I am a Kenny Omega fan. That's neither here nor there. The reason we all miss CM Punk, or some of us miss CM Punk, is because he was, in 2013, capable of stuff like this. In 2023, if CM Punk were to come back, perhaps a CM Punk versus John Cena is no longer in him, you know what I mean? Their greatest match was in 2011. This four-and-a-half-star, all-time classic, best match in Monday Night Raw history, their second best match, 2013. So, you know, Father Time gets us all. Maybe CM Punk's best days will be behind him when he comes back, and I do say when. But let's talk about CM Punk's best days. What were CM Punk's best days? Well, and again, I'm a fan of this human being insofar as you can be, right? Like, I've never met CM Punk personally. I'd I'd like to. I You know, why, why not? He seems like a cool guy. But I just... 
I like this man, so I feel guilty for what I'm about to say, but CM Punk is best when he is fucking angry. This man is best when he's got a fire under his arse and a chip on his shoulder, and he's got something to say, and he's got something to be fired up about. And CM Punk, complacent, is still great. He's still awesome. And I kind of like to see him having fun. You know what I mean? But I love to see CM Punk fired up with something to sink his teeth into. And the story of CM Punk, uh, in kayfabe and out, being, you know, overlooked for this WrestleMania match has resonated deeply. And CM Punk versus John Cena on February 25th, 2013, more than any other wrestling match in WWE in CM Punk's career. This was his WrestleMania main event. More than the Undertaker match on the actual WrestleMania 29 card. And more than, you know, Money in the Bank winning the world title in Chicago. That was a big moment. That was a huge celebration of Punk and his life. But this, this was his WrestleMania match. This was structured like a WrestleMania main event. The build, the pacing, the the opponent. The stakes were big because the winner was facing the goddamn rock, Black Adam himself, at WrestleMania 29. And when you have this issue, this true human issue that Punk is feeling, this constant fucking need to prove yourself, to say again, I'm just at the bottom of the ladder, and though I've worked so hard, and though I'm selling the most t-shirts, I still can't break through your fucking glass ceiling. I get that. I understand CM Punk. I, I, in some ways, I don't know what it's like, you know, to be rich and married to AJ Lee. Uh, one day, maybe not. Probably not the AJ Lee part, but uh, probably not the rich part either. Anyway, I have rambled long enough. CM Punk, when motivated, is something truly special in the wrestling business. John Cena, when paired with the right dance partner, always, always delivers in this here wrestling business so this was magic this was absolute magic made and if any match ever if any match ever in wwe raw history would contend for five stars it's this one this is the one that you can talk me into being five i'm gonna slot it here at four and a half adam lee's 90 percent but number one on our list an all-time classic and the greatest match in Raw history. It's Punk versus John Cena. Pissed off CM Punk. Man, I hope he comes back to AEW as pissed off as we want him. Let's see Punk versus Omega. Let's see Punk versus Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson. Let's not see Punk versus Miro, you know? Uh, come on, guys. Anyway, that is our list. Thank you all so much for listening. What do you think? Did we miss a couple? Did we forget your favorite WWE Raw match? Should we have bumped up Shawn Michaels versus Shelton Benjamin? Which of the matches would you say deserves the 10th spot in our coveted four and a half star all-time classic rankings? And, you know, if you just think I'm a big fat idiot and you want to yell at me, that's cool too. Just do it in a respectful way and I'll probably not block you on Twitter. Again, if you have not, check out Tuesday Morning Cooked with Mike and Joe. They're running down WWE Raw Triple X, the 30th anniversary of Raw, and they're coming at you every single week talking Raw. You have Boris and I on the NXT Talk 
podcast. We also do BAM. That's the show you're listening to now, Boris and Matt. I am, of course, the titular Matt. Uh, (laughs) That word sounds so dirty, you know, but it's not. It just means in the title. Also, we have the old fucks. Joe Aguinaldo and Dan the Mouth Lavransky, legend, off the record guest, fight network commentator, and podcaster here on Sunday night's main event radio. They talk about AEW every single week, and they also do the after parties for the AEW pay per views. We've got the Smack Daddies, Father Greg and Brad the Dad, bringing us the SmackDown review from the East Coast. Love those guys. They're my boys. Uh, The chill wrestling review that you didn't know you needed. You know what I mean? So much yelling, so many assholes like me screaming opinions and jokes in your ear in this weird monotone kind of voice, you know? But uh, Brad the Dad and, and Father Greg, they really just keep it chill. They keep it tranquilo, as Boris likes to say. So I just, I love their work so much. Love to listen to the SmackDown review. We also have AEWTF, your monthly deep dive into all things AEW. Probably the most rambunctious program here on the Sunday night's main event radio network. But, you know, shout out to the boys. It's a lot of fun. We also have Setting the Standard with Matthew Grant. That's a new show on the program. Some long-form podcasting for you. And we have Pretty Ricky, the host of Pretty Ricky's famous internet show. Thank you all very much again for sticking this out. Hope you enjoyed me just kind of throwing that list out you off the top of my head. Just trying to one-take it like Jay-Z off the dome. That was a ton of fun to reminisce about some great WWE memories. It's way better doing this with a partner, though, you know. So, uh, Boris, we need you back here on the program. And my name is Matthew Edder. My party trick is remembering random wrestling matches like a young Tony Khan. I'm available for weddings and bar mitzvahs. Please consider dropping sacks of money onto my lawn or general lap area. Thank you. 